Hey everybody, it's Mark. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, with me on my episode today is Jeff Powell. Jeff is the uh, Chief Executive Officer of Diamond Vogel Paints. And this is Jeff's second time on in the last couple of months. And I've been looking to give them some attention because Diamond Vogel recently has been making some moves into our segment of the industry, into our space with independent retailers. And so to the extent that any of us know them already, Diamond Vogel is a, they're a member of All Pro as a retailer. They own their own company-owned stores up until recently, about 45 of them. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But how we would know them is, is primarily through their lines of stains and clears. The old master's line of stain and clears and lacquers uh, has a pretty good presence in our space. And, and up until recently, that was really the only thing that Diamond Vogel sold into the channel, into independent retailers. And then recently, they've made two significant changes in this area, which is probably led to some differences that we're all going to see play out in the marketplace over the next couple of years. One of them is they they had, I think he mentioned about eight stores in uh, Western Colorado. Those were actually sold to an independent retailer. That was Guy Rees out in Colorado. And so now that they're out of those stores, Guy Rees has become a customer of Diamond Vogel Paint. And so by virtue of that alone, uh, Diamond Vogel is now in the independent channel, but if you're a regular listener, you know what originally even made the introduction for me was I was introduced to them through C2, who had hired them or contracted with them, I should say, for five years to be the official coatings manufacturer, the toll coatings manufacturer for C2. And so just in the last you know, 60 days, 90 days, maybe a little bit a little bit more depending on when you're actually listening to this but but just in the last few months Diamond Vogel has has made some moves into this channel and so if anybody's doing that uh, I'm going to want to have them on and so I appreciate Jeff giving me his time he's a he's a terrific terrific resource and really understands this business and and I love listening to him talk about what their plans are for coming into the independent space and, and just updating us on, on how they're doing so far in this space. And then the, the last thing that we did have a chance to speak about, which comes up earlier in the episode, and at the time, it's interesting, I, I did not know how important this, uh, this segment of the episode would end up being, but I, I think dealers, anybody who read my blog and, and uh, today, and today is March uh, as I'm recording this, uh, March 8th, uh, the episode was recorded probably uh, about a week or so ago with Jeff. I just, you know, I record the introductions at a, at a separate time. And since then, I've started writing about shortages uh, that are facing the industry. And, and I think dealers are going to be affected by this significantly, whether it's affected by the shortages themselves, inability to get products that they need to keep their jobs moving, or whether or not they're just affected by it from the pricing standpoint. But I, I think it's going to be more than just a pricing action for dealers and how this affects them. Because from the manufacturers that I've spoken to, and, and you see, I speak to Jeff here, he goes on the record, but obviously other manufacturers that I'm speaking to behind the scenes. And the volume of shortages is significant. Most of the manufacturers are on allocation and they're only receiving 
30, 40, or 50 percent of what their needs are as far as as far as raw materials, whether or not that's actual resin, if they're buying resin or the raw materials to make the resin, if you're one of the bigger companies cooking your own resins. And so that's a big problem for independent retailers. That's why I started to write about it. I'm hoping that other people in the industry start to write about it and make this information known to dealers, because I do think that this is going to have a significant impact on dealers. So I'm I'm glad that I'm able to get out there first with this. I'm glad that Jeff and I spent a little bit of time talking about it. It was really coincidental to the conversation. As a matter of fact, it, it was from him, you know, two weeks ago or however long ago this episode was recorded that I really started to understand and start doing some research that, you know, understand this problem uh, caused by the storm down in Texas, the shortages caused by the storm down in Texas. So let's give uh, Jeff a listen. I, I think you're going to be interested in what he has to say. He's He's got some really uh, interesting perspectives on these shortages and as well as sharing what they're up to with the the programs that they are bringing uh, now into the independent channel. So thanks very much for listening. Like, subscribe, shoot me a text, tell me what you think about the content that I'm putting on and how I can make it better for you. As an independent retailer, I'm looking to get you the information that you're looking for. So don't be shy. Everybody, thanks for joining me today. I am here again today with uh, the CEO of Diamond Vogel Paint in Orange City, Iowa, Jeff Powell. Jeff, good morning, how are you today? Doing great, Mark. Um, just trying to stay warm. How are you doing? I'm, I'm hanging in there, thanks. So we had you on a couple of months ago, Jeff, and and at the time you, you guys had just sold uh, some stores that you owned in, uh, I think it was Colorado or somewhere out west to uh, an independent retailer in that market, Guy Reeves, right? Correct, correct. Uh, we had sold our locations in Colorado and New Mexico in our distribution center out there to Guyries, correct. And and so how is that going for you? Can you update my listeners on that? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, th- I think anybody that's gone through any type of uh, acquisition knows that there's a transition. <laughs> and since this is not one of those that was just cut and dry where we sell and we're done, since we're going to continue to be a supplier to Guyries, uh, obviously, we want to make sure the transition goes really effectively for everybody. But no, it's progressing really well. Everything and so takes... Guyries is, is going to continue to sell your brand of paint. So you're in the independent channel now, at least with Guyries. Correct. correct, correct. At least in Colorado, New Mexico, we're, we're in the independent channel as, a, as another supplier to Guyries, correct? Correct. And so that's, that, that, that transition is going well. I expect that it will, you know really continue to evolve and grow over over time. And uh, there are several things that we're working on together to, to make sure that that happens effectively. But so far, so good. That's so great. Far, so well, good. Continued success. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was just to update people listening on the transition with C2. And just to update people a little bit, C2 is a paint brand owned by the Coatings Alliance. The Coatings Alliance is a group of independent paint retailers that basically band together as a cooperative and buy this paint brand. And until recently, they had been having that work of manufacturing their paints done by another manufacturer. And, And you guys announced a few months ago that they had signed on with Diamond Vogel, 
for you guys to be making that paint. So that's the quick update. How is that transition going for you guys? You know, it, it continues to, to evolve as well. I think we're, we're doing better and better. And, and uh, you know, the, as I think I mentioned in our last podcast, our real initial step one here is to, to fill up the supply chain and we're working right. diligently to do that. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a, every year has its own set of challenges, right? And the last year was the pandemic, uh, which is still, there's carryover. <laughs> we still right. have our hangover. Right. We probably will for some time. But um, um, with, with how the supply chain kind of got disrupted around the world during 2020, and now that the economy wants to make this churn and, and charge back, that supply chain is kind of going through its own whipsaw of, of what's available, what's not. And so, yeah. you know, we continue to fight some of those battles uh, to, to make sure we can get what we need so that we can. You're talking about raw material. I've yeah, heard really, that really, from a number of people. Right, right. It really, it's, it's raw materials. Uh, it's, it's packaging, it's containers. I think we're, we're learning as a, as a country and certainly as a business not something that we haven't gone through before, but just how fragile that supply chain can be and, yeah. uh, and the challenges and, it brings. And recently, as we're recording this, just about early March, uh, uh, recently the weather all over the United States has been so horrific that, that that's got to be getting in your way as well. You know, it's, it's kind of like the pandemic when you learn about new things on a given day and your life changes, you know, you think you're getting past one thing and then all of a sudden the state of Texas gets shut down and there are blackouts yeah. and that's where all the chemical plant manufacturers right. facilities are. So just another disruption amongst the disruptions. So it's going to be an interesting time to see how everybody works their way out of it. I think, uh, you know, we'd all like to say patience would be appreciated. We know that that's not going to happen, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but right. It, yes. A lot when you ask for patience. Yeah, it will be what it will be. Uh, yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's a challenging year in that regard, but, uh, but no, I think the C2 transition is, is moving forward and moving forward, uh, rapidly. So, uh, we're, we're excited about where we're at and, just got to get to where we need to go. Great. And so before we go on, I, there was one topic that we spoke about in the prep that I want to jump to, but is there anything uh, particular from the manufacturing process that's caused uh, you to really struggle as far as getting your hands on things? I have heard of or paint and roller manufacturers are struggling with metal pieces and other things that come from China. Is that the sort of struggle that you're having? It's, it's really just availability of certain key raw materials and yeah. um, i think i think what it really comes down to is there there are a lot of very large chemical manufacturers that supply this industry and you know it's just hard to get that engine running on all eight cylinders in a hurry based on all the uncertainty that we've had over the last 12 or 14 months yeah. uh, as a, as a, as a world, <laughs> yeah. uh, just in general. So, you know, they're, they're fighting hard and, and, and the economy really wants to charge forward and, and, you know, it's just trying to catch up to that and to be able to keep everybody uh, supplied so that we can, we can get this economy really moving forward in a, and yeah, for the most cool. part, have you been able to do that despite the extra effort that it takes to do it? I mean, we, we've been able to do it so far. Um, 
you know, there are, there are spots where things just aren't available and, and get delayed. And so when I, when I said pay, asking for patients earlier, I don't think we're the cause. We're just waiting. We're waiting. You know, it's, it's further down the food chain that that's having the impact, but nobody really sees that or understands it or, or wants to understand it, but where's my paint, facing. Jeff? That's all they want to know. Where's my, that's paint? right. That's, I don't that's have all time to know. have a conversation about geopolitical issues. Where's my pain, <laughs> right? That's it. That's it. It shouldn't be that hard. Just get right. it in the bucket and get it to me. That's it, right? I was a paint dealer for over 30 years. Believe me, I know the only thing I, I have to ask you when I'm a paint dealer and I get you on the phone is, where's my paint, Jeff? Yeah, that's well, that's probably not the only thing you ask us, but right. uh, <laughs> it's probably one of the most important things. It's high on the list. It's high on it's the list. It's high on the list. So I wanted to talk to you. I had, uh, we had kind of teased at this the last time we were on. I know that you guys have a, a cool program. We talk about how you're not generally in the independent retailer space, but I, I know that you have this cool program that a lot of independents are familiar with. And so I wanted to get John just to talk about it a little bit. Uh, and that's the old masters program. So why don't sure. you start just by giving us a little framework for the people listening that, that don't even know what it is. Give us a little framework about what we're talking about. Sure, so Old Masters is one of our divisions and it's really, I would frame it as a DIY stain company. Interesting history there. Uh, we had a gentleman that came to Diamond Vogel back in the late 60s wanting us to uh, manufacture a product for him. It's something that he had kind of cooked up in his kitchen and it really started as an antiquing company. Um, these were antiquing products because I guess back in the day, that's what you did. And so uh, we started to do that and he decided that he wanted to sell and he sold to another company called Darworth. And at that point in time, Darworth had us continue to manufacture the products for him. And over a couple of years, um, we actually purchased the business from Darworth. It really wasn't, as I said, a stain business initially. There were a lot of different wood uh, related materials that we were working with, but we actually formulated a wiping stain in our labs. And, uh, and back when that occurred, everybody kind of said, well, let's just call it old masters and kind of create the old masters line. And, and we really right. developed the product line from there forward to be more of a stain, clear, uh, wood protective uh, type, type, type materials. And so, you know, our evolution was really, we had a number of our own stores um, at that time, just as we do now. And, and so we started working through what we call, felt were kind of independent paint stores or dealers. Uh, there were a lot more one, one store dealers or two store dealers at that time. And we just naturally started to, to move through the geography of the, of the country in, in working with the independents. Um, I think if you looked at our history, it really was who we were too. We're an independent. <laughs> right. We, 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 well, that's we could... why I've said that to you many times. That's why yeah. I love having you on. Like you guys are both. You're a large national paint manufacturer and an independent retailer at the same time. I mean, we, we, yeah, we really, we really view ourselves. And I guess if, 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 you know, you had to say there are a couple of options as to what group of friends you wanted to sit with and have a cocktail or, or whatever, 
we always put ourselves right with the independents. So right. that's that's who we are. That's that's the heartbeat of our company, and and we love the entrepreneurial spirit, and we like being maybe the the little guy and not the giant um, in many ways. Although obviously our goal is to find ways to grow our business right. um, and support our customer base, but we really want to be true to the independents because we 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 see people crossing lines and, um, <laughs> and, and it creates problems for the independents right. um, because now they have to compete amongst themselves with, with other channels. And so, right. so we're, we're, we want to be true to that channel. And, and I think what we really looked at is back in, you know, the early nineties, we started to get a little bit more into distribution and really that, that launch into distribution was just another way to augment and support the independence because as you know, with the old master stain, it's a great fit for, right, for right. distribution, I would think. And so we, we've found that that was another way to grow into more independence and a bigger geography and kind of, we just, we've just evolved and, and our geography has grown over the years through both, both direct and, and, distribution. And then back in the early 2000 era, we, we became part of all pro, which I think was just another move to further solidify our, our position with the independence and gave us really the opportunity to, to talk to everybody in the United States for certain, right. and started to touch into Canada and some other places where, where people were understanding all pro. It gave us more of that whole um, you know, we were able to cover the map in a different way. Um, and we continue to evolve to, to find ways to do that better and better. I think if you looked at our history, we'd say, you know, some geographies have been stronger than others, but we are finding ways to, to really grow into all, all of the U.S. And, uh, and, and, and we think it's really because of what we've tried to do to maybe differentiate ourselves we think will also help the independents differentiate themselves in their specific markets. And so I want to ask you about that, actually, because this is a difficult space to operate in. Sherwin Williams has Minwax, which is obviously the very big name, and it's in all of the uh, the big box stores as well as their own stores. So it's in tens of thousands, literally, of locations. How does Old Masters uh, fight that fight? And how does it you know, get that's, attention that's, that's for a, the retailers? That, that, that is a great, great question, right? I mean, how does anybody compete against Sherwin-Williams? Because Sherwin-Williams owns Minwax, right? right? So, so if you didn't know that before, just like you didn't know Old Masters was part of Diamond Vogel, now you do. <laughs> right, right. Mark Lipton bringing but, you the news. For, we're bringing you the news. But, you know, I, I think the, the reality is, is where we believe... Um, the independents, and, and this is feedback that we've been given by the independents over the years, see the value in old masters is one, we've got outstanding products and we we have 24 tintable bases so that really any, any of our products can be tinted so they can be customized, which we feel a number of our independents really find valuable um, because it's a differentiator for them in the in the market space. It's a differentiator, um, and it and it lightens some of the load on on uh, SKUs that they have to carry, which is always a big issue for independent retailers. Most stores are smaller, and and every square foot counts. You know, absolutely. I think the the other thing that we see 
um, and why we want to really remain true to the independence is we know that Minwax can be purchased at Home Depot and Lowe's and Ace Hardware. And, and yeah, you can get some old masters at Ace Hardware these days as well, but they're also independents in, in right. their own right. At Walmart, at any place that sells paint, there seems in some stain, you know, Minwax could be there. So you're more than likely competing with a whole host of people within a very tight radius around your, your, your own operation. And so then, then we know it becomes a pricing game, right? And, and when it's always just about price, if that's all it's about, there's always going to be somebody that's going to win that game and it's probably not going to be the independent. Right. We think that old masters, one, we've got great quality products that we don't change. We don't continually find ways to value engineer cost out of. Um, but then, boy, it seems like it's the same stuff it was five years ago or 10 years ago. And putting that all into perspective, yeah, we have to meet the regulatory requirements and those types of things. So people know when we make those kinds of changes, but the quality of the products don't change. And right. and and so I I think the the folks on the independent side that have have had really a lot of success have found that one they're not competing against everybody else in the block. They've got something that's different, um, and when they have that opportunity they have a lot more freedom to, to extract value out of the product. And, and so what we've seen is that, and what we've heard is they make more money with our stuff. Yeah. They cost more, but they right. make more. Right. I never minded as an independent, I never minded products that cost more so long as they delivered. And, and it's interesting to me, Jeff, because there are different types of independents. Uh, there are many independents like my two stores in the Northeast you know, we sold some stain. I mean, we were a paint store. So of course we, we sold stain, but, but whatever we sold was not an excessive amount, right? It was just based on, you know, effectively just whatever percentage of, of paint sales is stain. Uh, that's what I got, but there are many markets in this country that are not like the Bronx, New York, where people sell hundreds of thousands of dollars a year of stain because there's cabinet refinishers and other sorts of wood fabricators. And, and, you know, that's a, a market that independents really can uh, be strong in because they can be right in front of their customers. Uh, they can be yeah. Johnny on the spot with color matches and other things like that. And so that's kind of the customer that you guys are looking for here, right? It, it really, I mean, it is, I, I think we will take all customers because right. we'll take, we'll take, you know, you, you as an independent in your stores needed stain to support your customers that were buying paint, right? And so that's not unusual. And, uh, and we'll certainly take that business uh, and support that business as well. But you're right, there are some of the independents that have a, a, maybe a greater opportunity in that wood space and, and need more options and, and need more flexibility to be able to support that customer base because they see it as a big opportunity for them. And I think that's, you know, where Old Masters comes into play and, and where we've really made some significant steps forward as a, our organization over the past few years is, and we mentioned this before, but our clear technology and our water-based clear technology that can go over all of our stains and performs in an outstanding way. Um, you know, the clears business augments the stain piece. 
Right. And uh, we see that continuing to grow. And then, as we also mentioned, you know, we're just in the process of soft launching, as I say this on a podcast, all kinds of independence, soft launching our old master's professional line, which right. is, is really for those small contractors that want sp sprayable materials that uh, give you that, that staying clear type um, application. And it's really for, for the contractor base. It's not for the DIYer. It's really for right. the contractors to, to get their hands on our products and technologies to, to better be able to utilize them versus trying to make a DIY product work. Mark, that's, so that's really kind of where we're, we're heading. And so, yeah, we're, we continue to evolve and trying to fit needs that we think will be beneficial for, for everybody. <laughs> right. And so what are some of the challenges uh, associated with making a line like an old masters for independence rather than for your own stores, which is sort of typically how you distribute most of what I'm, I suspect you guys make. So what are, what are the challenges? Well, I don't know if the challenges are necessarily any different. It's broader and means that we have to have more effective ways to get materials to folks. And I think that's why distribution has become such a big part of that mark because for so this a, is a product owner, that's available through distribution not just directly from you correct correct gotcha. and and so you know it's kind of a combination of all pro other other regional or national distributors that support the independence right um, like a pacoa so, or somebody like that or lancaster or any of those yep gotcha. yep and the professional and, and, products are going to be available through them as well or is that a different program that's evolving as we speak. Um, I don't want to say too much because if I say something wrong, then then my right. team will chastise me. But what I would say is we would anticipate that they will be, Mark. We would anticipate that they will be because it's, again, probably the most effective way to support the independents so that they don't have to take a skid or two or three of materials out of Orange City, right. Iowa, they can, they can get what they need when they need it so that they can manage their business properly. Right. And let me put you on the spot a little bit here. And if you screw this up completely, I'll just cut it out. But I, you know that I had had some conversations with uh, Sandy at your company. Uh, she's handling the digital aspects of this. And, and part of this uh, support that you have for uh, independent retailers is uh, some new methodologies for keeping their websites uh, accurate and, and up to date. Do you want to speak to that at all? Well, like, like I shouldn't speak for on behalf of all CEOs, but a lot of CEOs that I know, our strength isn't necessarily technology. So, right. <laughs> so, so what I would say. So yeah, you sure wish say, Sandy Mark, was here on the call with us is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, what, what I, what I would say, what I would say is that we, we absolutely understand um, that there's a lot of very effective ways of supporting our customers. And, and some of those uh, methodologies are much, much less expensive than they maybe used to be. Um, just with social media, uh, web-based type information that we can support and supply. And I don't honestly know all of the details of what we're working on, but I know that we're trying to work through opportunities that will um, provide the information to our customers in a fashion that they can 
obtain it very rapidly and it's accurate and it's up to date and consistent. It's not a new, yeah. new sheet of paper that we have to issue every month. Um, right. And changes and, and modifications. And that's actually what I was teasing. The fact of whether or not you know the name of these technologies that you're building is not so relevant. But the idea is that retailers who put up uh, e-commerce sites and websites, they need to have a methodology in place to keep them up to date. And, and I know that you guys are, are working on that by developing a, a database, which can be accessed through what we call uh, an API which is a connection that retailers can make to databases. And we, we do them all the time. You, you, we've talked yep. about my other career, uh, you know, in e-commerce. And so we, we do stuff like that all the time. And, and they're very valuable for retailers because once these sites go up, you know, we sort of do the big work of, of filling them in the, the first time. But the site that you have in five years is going to have three times more product than the new one we give you. And it's going to be all different. And so somebody has to do that work. And that's not me, right? I mean, I've sold you the site. <laughs> so it's, it's time for you to move on and, and do this yourselves. And, and so uh, manufacturers, I find the more progressive manufacturers, and that is not progressive the way we use the word politically in this country, uh, progressive uh, just in terms of a, of a brand of thinking, the more progressive uh, thinkers I find uh, in this space are, are the ones that recognize that this needs to be addressed. Uh, dealers can't be expected uh, to maintain these databases completely on their own with no support from manufacturers. Right. So I may know even a little bit more about what you guys are up to in this space because of my conversations with Sandy, but nonetheless, I, I applaud it because this is an area where dealers are really going to need a lot of support. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, Mark, the, the reality is information's power, right? We, yes. we always know that in real time information is, and there's, there's some self-serving aspects to, to having up-to-date information internally as well. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we look at it and say, well, that's kind of an inward focused thing. Well, we have to do that right from our end, but at the end of the day, we have to be able to get that information in the hands of the people that are actually selling the end use product. I mean, our customers allow us to have a good year or a bad year. And, and, right. and it's really how, how well are we able to support them so that they can be successful, bring value to the marketplace, get what they need when they need it um, more effectively than somebody else. And so I wouldn't say that we're anywhere where we wanna be, but we know that we've got opportunities to improve and we're, we're working pretty diligently to do that. And so um, I don't know all the timing of when we're going to do all of the things that we're, we're talking through at the moment, but, but yeah, we're on the cusp of, of doing a better job of supporting our customers um, with information. Yeah. And, and we had talked a little bit in the prep for this, the last, uh, topic that I wanted to talk about is you had said you guys were having uh, recently some success uh, digging a little deeper into the stain market in the Northeast. And so let, let's talk about that a little bit, because that's interesting to me that as you guys are starting to uh, foster relationships with more and more independents, you're finding business in the, the market in the United States, which is the most heavily centered towards independent pain retailers. 
Yeah, I think, you know, as I as as we just briefly discussed, uh, the Northeast, um, I would say, has probably been a little bit of a challenge over the years for us. Um, I don't know if it's because of our friendly Midwestern nature clashing with you guys from the Bronx, but, um, you know, it, maybe it's just the perception of sense of urgency sometimes. Um, right. And, and and it's also loyalty. I mean, I think people people stay with what's worked well for them and change is difficult. But yeah, we have had some real success over the last five years or so of making progress, of getting our products into more independence in the Northeast, um, as far as old masters goes. And and we're we're continuing to see that grow and develop. And we, we know that the reason for that is probably multifaceted. Um some people might be sick of competing with everybody else on the same street. They probably have heard from their other independent friends that, you know what, we are making some money with this stuff and right. it's working. And um, particularly you know, if you've had any success, I don't mean to cut you off with the all pro group. I can tell you exactly how that works. Everybody goes to the show. They do their own thing. They listen to the vendors, they take their notes. And then at the end of the night, we all meet in the bar and we talk about what's really going on. This is what I'm selling. This is how much money I'm making. This is who you should be speaking to. Oh, did 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 you have interest in a stain line? Let me tell you how much money I'm making on old masters. That's the way the all pro meetings work. It does. And so, you know, I, I think we, we understand that and we're we're seeing some really positive momentum um, in that part of the, the country from from a selling standpoint um at this point in time so we're we're excited about it i mean we're we're just excited about our whole master's program uh, we we i think as i mentioned in our previous podcast one of our challenges and maybe it's frustrating to some but what we don't want to do is overrun our headlights right we're trying to we're trying to manage manage our pace so that we can be effective and we don't misstep because we know that once you take a misstep, especially, especially early in a, a relationship, that that could set you back for 20 or 30 years. So yeah. <laughs> at least that's what and, history has taught us. And also when you're dealing with a network of independent retailers, it's not like you have one customer where you could say to somebody, you know, listen, we've made a mistake. This is the changes we've put in place to fix it. And we're ready to move on when you have 5,000 disparate customers around the United States that are not all listening to the same phone call at the same time with the same information. Yeah. That's how you end up doing 20 years of damage in 30 seconds, you know? Exactly. So, so we're, we're trying to be smart right. about how we do it, but uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a great program. It's definitely, we have more of an understanding, I think, about how independents operate than we've given ourselves credit for. Uh, but it's really due to the long-term history we've had with them through our old master's program. Right. Um, you know, we mentioned this earlier, we talked about paint and at, yeah, at what point do we dabble, right? And we're now dabbling in Colorado and New Mexico and, and maybe right. in a few other areas in the Midwest where we've, we've taken some smaller approaches to the independence, but we haven't come out with a program. Um, we're cautious for a couple of reasons. One, we don't want to screw up what we've done well with, which is, is old masters, but we also want to right. know whatever we do is going to bring value to the independence. 
and um, and, and which brings value to, to Diamond Vogel, right? I mean, it that's, is. That's, it's, that's it's, why we're all here. We're doing. The, that's why we're all here. That's yeah, why we're all here. We're trying to sell paint and make money. And it doesn't That's matter it. if you're making paint or retailing paint. Our goals in that respect are, are the same. So, Jeff, that seems like a, a great way to wrap it up here. I have a really good idea of, of what you guys are doing with the old masters. You want to get some final words in here uh, to people that are listening? Go right ahead. Yeah, sure. No, first, I'd just like to say thank you to all of our customers and uh, for everything that you guys have done for us over the past year and past years, actually. And then also just say um, 2021 is going to be an exciting year and we're looking forward to making good progress and continuing to support you and, and help you grow your businesses. So thank you, Mark. Appreciate your time and appreciate thank the opportunity. You. Yeah, thanks. That was a lot of fun, Jeff. I enjoyed it. So Jeff Powell, CEO of Diamond Vogel Paint Manufacturer in Orange City, Iowa. Thanks very much for being on my show and we'll catch you the next time. Have a great weekend, Mark.